the word on the street is that you you have a um, you have a Mac Mini. I have a Mac Mini. It's true. Yeah. I know. This is why I didn't buy technically, one. Not technically your Mac Mini. No. Uh, at some point, the <laughs> delightful people from Apple will come repossess mm-hmm. it. Will, knock yeah, on my the, door. The the black van with the Apple logo. Yeah. Pull I'm up just lucky door. they didn't throw me on it this throw me in at this time. Yeah. Right. Why is well, the you know. logo on the black van? Isn't the whole point? Oh, never mind. <laughs> it's a branding thing. You can't. You... It's a. It's a warning. Don't even. <laughs> don't ask questions you don't want the answers to. True. I guess that's fair. Yeah, I got a Mac Mini. Uh, it was for, this is my first time reviewing Apple hardware like that I got as a review unit in a super long time. I yeah, don't remember the last time? I mean, I was probably at MacWorld. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was a delight to be uh, given the opportunity because yeah. I've been in the market for a Mac Mini. So who better to tell you whether or not <laughs> the Mac Mini is worth your time <laughs> than me? Than someone who wanted a Mac Mini. And now he's got one. I don't know. Maybe uh, that's a bias. Is that a bias because you want a Mac Mini so badly? I guess that's fair. But um, <laughs> yeah, know, know your biases, Dan. That's right. Well, I'm aware. I I put them okay. at the end of all of my stories. All right. <clears throat> I lean slightly to the left. Um, I yeah. So I got I've got an M2 Pro Mac Mini here. Um, the configuration they gave me is the so it's the upgrade processor. So it's the one that's got um. 12 cores and 19 graphics cores it's got 16 gigs of ram and it's got i believe 512 nope sorry got a one terabyte one terabyte hard drive ssd um so if you were to configure this one which i'll do right now i think it is probably close to if not slightly over I want to say. So it's not a cheap, you know, it's yeah. not the cheap version here. Right. Um Yeah, actually sorry, it's only 1800. I'm I'm mistaken. So okay. get the uh the better processor and leave it 16 gigs and go up to a terabyte of storage. Mm-hmm. Uh and it is 1800 Um so respectably configured there. Yeah. Um it is fucking fast, man. <laughs> That's the thing I couldn't write in my review. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I not, not without an explicit site. Well, you know, I yeah, this is what people tune in for, right? To hear yeah. a swear like twelve. Sure, years. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, uh, this thing is is banana speedy. Um, I did a few. You know, I ran some their usual benchmarks. Um, you know, it's nothing that's unexpected, right? So the thing with like the pro level chips, as with the Max and even the Ultra, is that the cores are basically all the same, right? An M2 core is equivalent to an M2 Pro core. There's just more M2 Pro cores, um, and there's usually more graphics cores. So if you put this up on like a single core test against the M2 Air, it basically performs the same because an M2 is an M2 is an M2. However, yeah. when you get the multi-core stuff and you've got more performance cores and all that stuff, that, that makes it really speedy. Uh, and of course, on graphics-related stuff as well. Um, it compared pretty favorably in our test to the the studio. And this was like, and to the point of like, I, I had a dilemma when I first saw the pricing of this stuff come out because it doesn't take much to get yourself into Mac Studio territory if you're pricing up the mini. 
And in fact, you can get a pretty pretty similarly outfitted mini and studio. I think there's like uh, a configuration at like twenty one ninety nine. That's like I think it's thirty two gigs of RAM and uh, a terabyte SSD on both, mm-hmm. and it's priced the same. And so it's like, well, <laughs> you know, where do you go with that? Like, do yeah, you right? What? Yeah. Uh, which way do you go? And I, which I, think, I guess, I guess, is what it's they, smart. I yeah, think I think that's for. I think that's okay, right? I mean, it's you know, we talked previously about how the iPad lineup seems kind of confusing with things overlapping, and but it's the lines are much more unclear across the board with the iPad lineup. I would as agree with that. To this, where it's like, okay, when you get to the top, of, when you configure a Mac Mini all the way up, it should get to the point of the Mac Studio. Sure, yeah, absolutely, because that's the next highest. Mac yeah. round, right? And I mean, right. and the the there are still differentiations, right? Like the M1, the the studio starts with an M1 Max, which has way more graphics cores. So if you're actually doing stuff that needs GPU, you probably still want a studio. But if you don't, you may be able to save some money by going to the M2 Pro route. And of course, if you don't want to spec up the M2 Pro all the way, you can definitely save some money because the M2 Pro starts at like thirteen hundred, which is seventeen seven hundred dollars cheaper <laughs> than mm-hmm. the Mac Studio starts. Um, but in either case, you still have to buy a display and all that and everything. So um, yeah. I think this is part of the reason I've been like sitting here trying to figure out exactly what to do. Uh, and the one that got me, and we talked about it the last week, was the RAM, right? Like they sent me a version of 16 gigs, which is it, I've had zero problems doing anything on a 16 gig machine, which feels like you know, like that sh- should be on the low side. But I, I honestly have not noticed any problems with it. Uh, so on the one hand, it's like, well, yeah, you, you always want to well, buy it's more a RAM. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a different yeah. design. So, yeah. but it's it's hard it, to get know, out we, that we mindset. T- <laughs> you know, it's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then the the question is, so the question is really like, how long do you think you're going to have it, and whether or not it becomes a thing. You know, if you're going to have it for four years, sixteen may or may not last. Be, right, and you can't upgrade. Yeah. So the, the right. you know we're we're out of that era. We you no yeah. longer can upgrade the RAM. Yeah. So you might struggle but, that last year, but right. But if it's you also, were going to keep it for three years. You're probably okay. I mean, it's it's also four hundred bucks to get to go from sixteen to yep. thirty two, which is expensive, <laughs> right? Yep. Like that is a big chunk of change. And it's like, well, maybe I don't want to spend four hundred bucks up front and sixteen, right. or maybe I want to spend that money on you know spend three hundred dollars to upgrade the processor instead because that mm-hmm. will be a better use of my money. Um. So I don't know. I, I for me, I think I'm tended. If I'm going to skimp on anything, I think it's probably going to be storage, yeah. um, because there are. I have a you know I have a Synology. I can right. move stuff to that. You can get external storage. It's not that big a yeah. deal. So yeah. five twelve. I, mean, I is have like not I have, have five hundred on my on my Air, and it's very nice. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't I don't I, bump up against. I you know two fifty six. I was bumping up against it quite a bit, but five hundred for me anyway is is pretty good. Yeah, I, I will say the biggest advantage I think of going from the 10 core to the 12 core processor is you actually get more performance cores, which is another thing. Like, so if you actually mm. need to throw mm-hmm. CPU intensive work at it, you do potentially get some more uh, performance benefit from going up to 12 cores. That said, the efficiency cores are really fast, and these things have four efficiency cores. So you basically have a quad core Mac that can do a whole ton of shit without breaking a sweat. And then in those instances where it's like, I really need to crank on something, it throws, you know, eight more, six or eight more cores at it. And those cores are super fast. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I ran a bunch of tests. Um, I did some stuff that I normally do, like exporting podcasts, 
played some games, all that stuff. And I really didn't run into anything where I felt like it, certainly nothing where I can't do it. Right. It's always just a question of time and quality and that kind of thing. But like I was playing the resident evil game, which our pal Anthony Johnson actually wrote. Um, and that's clearly Apple's showcase for games because they they have used metal and all that stuff to like yeah. actually tune their game to the Mac platform, and it runs yeah. really well. The problem is most game companies don't do that, right? So right. it's not like you have a broad selection of things you can play that it's going to run really well on your Mac, which is a shame because the technology is there. Mm-hmm. Just nobody wants yeah. to spend the money developing. Yeah, I mean, and it's we're we're, we're two years into. Apple Silicon, and it doesn't seem like, you know, it's still early, I guess, but I mean, it doesn't seem, you know, despite what we talked about at the beginning, it seemed like these were going to be great gaming machines, and they are great gaming machines, but it it still doesn't matter. (laughs) Well, the industry's so entrenched, right? I think that's the problem, is like, Mm -hmm. everybody's kind of got their workflows, and you end up with a chicken and the egg problem, right? Like, if you had a lot of people buying Apple machines and clamoring to run games, AAA games on them or whatever, then they would probably do it, right? Because there's a market there. But I think the problem is because Apple has, you know, especially specifically the Mac has been a non-major gaming platform for so long now, a lot of those people who are really hardcore gamers but also Mac users have gone to other devices to get their yeah. games, right? They've right. gone, they've built PCs or they bought consoles mm-hmm. or whatever. Like me, yeah. I have an Xbox, yeah. I have a PS5. Right. I'm not playing yeah. games on my Mac. I struggled, there. I struggled through the nineties. Yeah, no, exactly. With no, no console and trying to get, you know, whatever games I could possibly get um, in the early two thousands. And then finally, you know, we gave up, you know, when I had a kid sure. and he was like, you know, he was not, he was not willing to put up with that crap. And so, so now we have a bunch of consoles. Yeah, right. I mean, and I think that to a certain degree, that chip has sailed on this platform, which is, again, a shame. But I think Apple's got probably richer pastures for that if it really wants to focus on gaming stuff in the future. And if it wants to focus on Lex Friedman stuff, I don't even know where it goes. (laughs) I mean, I think that is that is an industry that has a lot of opportunity for growth. Let me tell you stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity for improvement, I think, is what we're saying. Um, A lot of a lot of room for Lex Friedman to grow. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll figure that out. I didn't I didn't want to agree with you until I was recording, but now I agree with you. <laughs> We're talking about the Mac Mini, Lex. Yep. Welcome to the show. Uh, great Mac. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, is this the right Lex Friedman, John? Right <laughs> <one>? <laughs> we would not uh, have the other one. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I uh, the Mac Mini basically performs exactly the way i expected it and hoped it would and uh, i mean yeah if i had a critique it would be yeah i'd like it to be cheaper but isn't that always the case i would always like the things i want to buy to be cheaper (laughs) yeah yeah i think for my usage like i mean i have a mac mini currently uh it's an intel one 20 something like and uh, no it must be 2019 actually um and it does it does fine other than it's (laughs) It's constant internet connection problems, which I don't think are its fault, but <laughs> of course, um, don't blame the mini. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I don't, I did not configure, you know, at least I can, I can upgrade that machine still actually, but I, right. you know, it doesn't have, I, th- I think it still has eight gigs of Ram, honestly. Um, but I don't do, I don't task it that hard. I actually do most stuff on my M1 air. So Yeah. I think for my usage, I'm going to be able to get, you know, the next time I upgrade my mini, I'm going to get one of the much lower end ones than than you're looking to get. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the M2 Pro, maybe even the base model is fine. The ba- the base M2 Pro is fine for me. Yeah. Um, and I may actually like keep an eye out too because there it's much easier now than it used to be to get like a deal, right? Like these actually do go on sale, especially if you buy them through a third party. So we'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, I certainly am tempted to to at least upgrade either the processor or the RAM. Probably I just haven't kind of decided. Those are roughly equivalent in cost. So mm-hmm. <laughs> where do I want to put my money? I guess is the question. Ah, uh, the eternal battle. But Apple's um, pockets. I think yeah, that's where yeah. it's going. Uh, for me, I the, my other major disappointment with this, which I put out in my review and several of the other reviews noted as well, is I'm disappointed that Apple did not take the success of the Mac Studio with the ports in front and stick yeah. a couple USB-C ports in the mm. front of this thing because mm-hmm. it would just be so damn convenient. Like the other day, uh, yesterday, I was setting up as a sort of uh, walking through the process of doing the setting up your Apple ID with a hardware security key because I wanted to see what that would be like. And so I have one of those little security keys sticks in a USB-C port and I'm like rooting around behind my studio display (laughs) to plug the damn thing Uh, in. And then you have to like press it, like put your finger on it to like activate it. And I was like, what? I'm going to do this every time. I'm going to reach by my monitor every time and press this. This is just stupid. (laughs) I have one of those little little dongle port things attached to mine. But, you know, then it sits on the top. You know, it's one of the stick kind of ones. Right, right. It doesn't look great. I'd like to get one of the dock, you know, like the the ones that fit underneath Mm. um, to make it look a little bit better. I, I do struggle to understand why. Apple is opposed to putting those cables in the front because I don't think it makes it look neater to have the cables in the back if you no. need to plug anything in the front. And the exactly those things, all those different USB hubs and all those things, like clearly indicate that people want There's to market for this. Seems yeah, crazy. absolutely. Yeah. Seems great. Yeah, yeah. I, Especially if we already have computers it. with ports in the front. It's, I can't yeah. imagine it's like, oh, this this would be a real engineering feat to put this port in the front. Like I'm it, pretty sure it, they can run an extension cable. It would <laughs> mar our beautiful well, I think single that's what block of aluminum. Yeah. I think that's got to be what it is. Dumb. Yeah. But I don't know. So Apple's I'm, I'm, worst instinct. I I am bummed about that because it is something that I feel like would really. It's one thing that would make. Maybe this is why they want. That's the upsell. Maybe that's the upsell for the Mac Studio. Ports in the front, baby. Spend an extra several hundred yeah. dollars. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, I in which case they weeded me right out. Um, I mean, I guess you know, like a like a, a key like that is sort of a pro feature, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, but an that's M2 kind of, Pro, I think it's that's got kind of fair. Word, Although, John, I mean, the only thing M2 I'm doing Pro. is try. I mean, I have a I have a USB uh, hard drive that I want to plug in every now and again, and it's a pain in the ass. Like, I I don't want to do it. It's not one. I I have several that are plugged in all the time, so that's fine. They can set you know those plugs are plugged in in the back, and there's no problem. But every time I want to take this portable one and plug it in, it's a it's a freaking nightmare. If I yeah, want to, if unless I use that hub, which is why I I stuck that thing on. I hate running. It's stuff funny over that a you mentioned that though, because like I um I, I had been planning to ask you guys a couple weeks ago, what's the solution for folks who want to use a laptop that's docked to a screen and maybe docked to a hub, like mine is a lot of the time, and also want it to be portable so they can unplug it when you also want to use an external hard drive because oh, it is yeah, super annoying to, to constantly yep. unmount the hard drive all the time and i finally realized what the solution was which was just to unplug the fucking hard drive and only use it when i really need to which isn't as often as i thought um but man that part is so frustrating like i have the hard drive plugged into the hub when i unplug the mac from the hub the hard drive will get angry and the mac will get there angry. is so one Dumb. solution to that because somebody just mentioned this to me because i was talking about it is there's an app called jettison which unmounts your drives when you put it to when you put the mac to sleep right 
which I was running into a problem with with this mini. I had a drive plugged in and I would wake it from sleep and would have several of the disk not injected properly errors. And I was like, well, that's stupid. It's, you know, it's not like I ejected that disk. So somebody suggested that as a possible solution. It just proactively <laughs> unmounts it. But I guess if it's doing anything when your Mac is asleep, like backing up or whatever, that's not ideal either. So I don't know how that works, but it is a pain. It's a pain in the ass. I agree. So, I mean, Lex, when I was using my M1 Air, my, my solution was not unplugging it ever from the desk. Like, I would want to. I'm like, oh, it's just going to be a pain. Never mind. I'll just work here. <laughs> I get it. Stay chained to this desk for the rest of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, uh, yeah. So, so uh, and Jason reviewed the, uh, he got the MacBook Pro. Yeah, he got the 16-inch MacBook Pro and put that through its bases. And uh, again, as should surprise nobody, it's basically... It's hella fast. It's hella fast, yeah. So uh, this seems to be like what we're getting for Mac updates at least this spring. I am super fascinated about what this means for... I mean, they've, they still promised the, the Mac Pro coming at some point. I would guess my sort of inclination is to think... If at this point you haven't already shipped it, you should just save it for WWDC because <laughs> that's your market. Like, there's no point yeah. in releasing it in March. Like, is the yeah. Mac Pro the the only Mac left? Yeah, yes. yeah. With, with, the, with this, this has now eliminated the Intel Mac Mini, which was yeah. right at the high end here. And also, we should note no uh, no space gray option now for the Mini. The Mini is yeah. silver or GTFO. Yeah, I'll um, choose the GTFO. I think that's okay. I mean, I got, I did get the I did get space gray the last time, but um. Again, I, I the mini I is colors, sort of a is the I'm mini saying. is a basic machine. The mini is a basic machine. Wow, I, I, I think, think it's. I think Moles is calling you a basic bitch. Okay. <laughs> I think that's what. I'm well, no, he's. <laughs> I'm it's pro, not his please. yet, so he has to buy one first before it <laughs> becomes basic. Yeah, BYO basic. <laughs> I I just well, I like I like the colors. I think the I know looks I know really I mean great. I think Why it would not? be nice. I think it would be cool if they did, but um. I did see. A I post think it's okay Mastodon. to just have a device that's just like that's that's the bog standard one. You, you this is what you get. You want to you want a flashy one? Get get an iMac. Sure, but it's it's just it's frustrating to me that Apple like really reinvigorated itself and became a real live business again with colorful iMacs. <laughs> Had a ton of success with those, and I was like, okay, let's never have an yeah. actual colorful computer ever again. Well, that's not <laughs> that's like, they had, look at the iMac. They do, that is that is patently yeah, false. But, uh, but why just the iMac? I, I think I, guess, the, I the think question. the thing that's worse is how the Pro end does not have any color options. That's right, what I'm I mean, saying. Yeah. But like, and then the I guess even the Air has like the what midnight and starlight yeah. options. Like I feel yeah. like what it kills them to dumb throw. <laughs> I, the midnight one looks pretty cool. I have to say, like I've seen the midnight MacBook Air, and it's a it's. I just it think looks... they're not like different enough, you know. I mean, yeah, like, no, I'm with you. It could be better. Put colors on it. Just it could be better, do but it. it's Don't... something. I guess is my yeah. point. So I don't know. I guess I'm spray painting. I can't spray I paint this bright one. red laptop. laptop. Get That's all. Oh, I think that'd be great. You should totally. Oh, you should like you, you should drag it. I mean, like just find a local teen and uh, <laughs> or just cover it with stickers before you send it back and see what they do. Mm-hmm. What could what could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> so many things. <laughs> well, the thing that could go wrong is they charge you. Is that oh, yeah. No, it's not good. And they, and they wouldn't let me keep it. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, I'm excited to share this quick interruption with you, which is to say that this episode of The Rebound is brought to you by our good friends at Memberful. And I'm happy to call them our good friends for reasons that you guys both know already, which is that 
We are Memberful users. Memberful is the easiest way to sell memberships to your audience. Used by the biggest creators on the web. You're listening to them, folks. Generate, Here we are. <laughs> generate sustainable recurring income while diversifying your revenue stream. You might have heard us talking about the Rebound membership program, but what you might not know is that Memberful is the platform we use for Rebound Prime, and they make it super easy to generate that extra revenue stream and deliver bonus content to our Rebound Prime members. So... Before we offered Rebound Prime, you know, like we talked about, hey, what are ways we can make money for this show besides ads? Because ads can be tricky. I mean, here's one right now. Or but, robbing, robbing the people that listen to it. Right. We thought about just picking your pockets, but we mm-hmm. realized if we could come up with bonus features to offer, we'd be inclined to offer them. And Memberful was really the only option we considered at the end of the day because it was the only one that did all the things that we needed. Um, so now we are filthy, dirty, rich because of memberful <laughs> subscriptions. Um, but seriously, if you are a creator, uh, you should sign up for memberful. If you got stuff to create, it's got value and your biggest fans will want to pay you for that value. We are living proof. Maybe you're already producing content and relying on advertising or other means of income. Memberful makes it easy to diversify that income with everything you need to run a membership program, including custom branding, gift subscriptions, Apple Pay, free trials, private podcasts, and tons more. We do a private podcast every week, folks, while leaving you with full control and ownership of everything that relates to your audience, your brand, and your membership. And you can now send paid email newsletters directly through Memberful without needing to connect to a third-party email provider. You can even publish your paid newsletter content to a Memberful-hosted members-only website. And there's no additional fee when signed up for Memberful's pro or premium plans. Plus, you'll save money compared to other popular hosted newsletter platforms. You know what I mean. <laughs> if you're a content creator, Memberful can help you monetize that passion. Get started for free at memberful.com slash rebound. That's memberful.com slash rebound. Go there now. Check it out. It could be the start of something exciting. Our thanks to Memberful, their support of this show, and Rebound Prime. Another way to support Memberful is just sign up for Rebound Prime. <laughs> yeah, because that, they can they love that too. They love Prime. it. Prime.reboundcast.com. Sign up now. I got my regret. It's not about Mac stuff, but it's about uh, uh, iPhone stuff. Um, yeah, quite you want to about iPhone stuff? Uh, okay. So I have a focus mode for, for fitness, like when I'm out on a walk or something like that. You know, it, like I start a workout on my Apple Watch. It switches my phone into a focus mode, and that way I avoid getting a million texts read over my AirPods from, like, you (laughs) ding-dongs while I'm just trying to decompress and take a walk. But in the last last seven weeks... the last people he wants to hear from? It's actually less this thread than it's the other thread with John on it, which sometimes... (laughs) just goes on like <laughs> guy english sometimes writes a lot of texts in a row uh and i get them all read to me uh but in the last couple of weeks i've had this problem multiple times where i'll go start a workout and i'll go for a walk and i'll realize like a few minutes into the walk that i'm still getting notifications and i will open the settings focus section and there's a little switch that's like when i start a workout switch into this focus mode it's a feature of the like built-in fitness focus mode and it keeps turning itself off. I am not turning it off, but I will go in and the switch will be off. And I'm like, what the fuck? So it's, I have no idea what's going on there, but it's really annoying. And it worked totally fine up until about two weeks ago. It so, feels with no other information, like an iCloud syncing issue where like some device had it turned oh, off for yeah. some dumb reason. But like, I, I don't carry my iPad with me while yeah. I'm on a walk. Why is that even a thing? <laughs> it's, yeah, I actually just a couple days ago was using AirPods and I don't wear my AirPods all that much because I, I 
you know, use the built-in speakers on devices when I'm working out, whatever. But I wanted to listen to a podcast while working out and I couldn't hear it well over the treadmill. So I used my AirPods and I started getting alerts probably from you ding-dongs and it, uh, it was really annoying me. And I really don't use Siri with AirPods at all. I wasn't sure how to do it. And I don't know if I had to say a prompt word or not, but I was just like, Siri, stop notifying me. Or just Siri, stop in the middle of it, reading long texts and notifications mm. and it would stop. And then I was like, Siri, pause notifying me for half an hour. And it said, okay, I'm turning them off forever and ever. That's what she thought you did. said, forever and ever. Yeah. Half an hour yeah. sounds like that. Half an yeah. hour and ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, sure. turned, I turned it off like, yeah, because I was getting the thing where it would be super quiet. Um, and I guess there's a way to change it, although I could never get it to work for some change reason. What? Like, the... Supposedly there's a, so like, you know, I'd be listening to a podcast and then all of a sudden it would pause. I mean, this used to drive me bananas, like trying to figure out what the heck was going on. Um, and, you know, if there was any street noise or whatever while I was on my walk, I couldn't I couldn't ah, hear what Siri was saying. I, I Siri was reading a text. So here's yeah, how okay. this works. And it's stupid. <laughs> yes, it's, I know. Have, I think I know the answer. You have to ahead. adjust the volume when that yes. thing is happening. Yeah, right. Like, right. And yeah. I, I find this maddening because sometimes I, I never think about it in the moment. It's so like, dumb. There should be a there series. There should be separate like, sliders. There should be yes, separate just volume put it sliders. In the freaking, Why yeah, is anyway. that not a thing? Yeah. So, they I mean, I finally, yeah, clever, I finally turned it off yeah. because, you know, what I all that was happening was that, I mean, I guess I was getting a notification that a text came in because my podcast would stop for a while. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> you know, like, not helpful. That's not that helpful. It's not I, nearly as I helpful as you the, think it is. I had the opposite issue, which was Siri would be very loud. <laughs> and so you'd be like listening to a nice bit of music, whatever. And then it's like, boom. Like, no yeah this Why? seems My like ears. that this seems like table stakes i mean and i mean and uh, this should be this should not happen or you should be able to adjust this in an easy way rather than something that makes you jump through a ridiculous right. i notice like i'm interrupting your shit a lot do you want me to shut up for the next half an hour like, it's, something it, like, like that it's yeah. it yeah it doesn't feel hard yeah but i did turn i mean i turned it off and i turned it off successfully so she doesn't bother me anymore good I turned it off anyway. via Siri, and uh, I'm sure at some point I'll miss it, but that point is not going to come in. Yeah, I don't soon. think I'm going to miss it, honestly. <laughs> I really, I mean, since most of the time when I had my AirPods in anyways, they were like, it was in that fitness mode. I rarely got them, but it was nice sometimes with like the driving ones. You know, if I got a text while I was hooked up to CarPlay, it could let me know that I have a text and read it. But I don't need that most of the time, but it can be handy to have. Folks, we mentioned our... Uh... Our dear friends at Memberful earlier, and we then mentioned Rebound Prime. I feel like it could be a, a smart time for us to go through some of our Rebound Prime member submitted questions. Are you open to that? Sure, let's do it. The listeners or us? I'm asking you. Okay. Oh, yes. Well, well, I think we should do it. Listener Jack Carlson said, Amazon, never heard of it. Amazon is killing off its smile program in which mm. it donated a percentage of your purchase cost to deserving charities. They already upped the price of Prime this year. Last year. Now they'll be keeping the money they used to donate. Is Bezos going broke? The hunch is no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Not going yeah. If that's the question, the answer is no. <laughs> so I, I just had somebody ask me about this. I do a, a radio spot, um, and they asked me about why I thought no, that Amazon guy. was discontinuing this. I do a podcast show. <laughs> Uh, not this one, apparently, sometimes. Um, <laughs> but they asked me why I thought Amazon was discontinuing this. And the only answer I could come up with is they decided it's not saving them money. Like, it's well, a I guess so. Right? Well, I, had, like, I had heard that the reason that they were doing it was to get people to stop doing Google searches for products and then coming from Google, where I guess 
Google takes. I mean, does Google get a, an affiliate fee? <laughs> Google, you know, search on Google. Google is I, an Amazon Smile charity. Is the problem? Well, yeah, no, I, right. I mean, I I would be surprised. I would be surprised that Google gets some sort of affiliate fee, but I guess they get something for um, directing the traffic to Amazon. And and what Amazon wanted to do was to stop people searching on Google for products and then going immediately to their to their site. You know, based on those links, they wanted people to come directly to Amazon. So they were incentivizing. So they were, you by yeah. So they were like, yeah, we'll give money, we'll give yeah. like you know we'll give three cents to charity. Um, if you come here directly and search for well, products, it was always a marginally better deal than when you like go to the grocery store, or whatever. And they're like, do you want to round up your purchase where it's like, well, that's just my money that you're now donating for me. As opposed yeah. to this was at least <laughs> money. Amazon was taking out of its own pop pocket. Yeah. Nominally. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, right. I stopped doing that thing at the at the grocery store because people pointed out like the, the company, you know, the grocery store and CVS and whatever. They get the benefit of that. <laughs> Not yeah. you, and they were lowers their bottom line because they're using it as a write off. And oh, I thought, yeah. well, that's shitty. I'm gonna stop doing that. Yeah, right. It's yeah. better for you to just donate to something. But exactly. The, yeah. Uh, you know, Amazon canceling it, it clearly feels like not great, um, and it clearly serves Amazon's needs more than anybody else's. Yeah. I, it, it did remind me years and years ago in the early era of Safari extensions. I think when they first launched, I wrote one. Uh, I wrote a couple, but I wrote a Safari extension that I called Affiliatizer because I'm very good at naming things. And it would rewrite Amazon links on the web using the Amazon affiliate code of your choice. And you could put in up to three and it would rotate amongst them evenly. And uh, it put me in by default, but you could take me out and you could put in whoever you want. <laughs> Convenient. And, yeah. And I, I mean, I explained very explicitly that's what it was doing. And I believe at one point Gruber linked to it and he used to tell me, I mean, again, years ago, that it made him a shitload of money, and it made me a shitload of money. Like, even though they weren't giving a lot, a shitload of money is a relative term, but still, um, yeah. a lot of money for no work. Like, this was giving real money to charities. And what I think bothers me the most about Amazon canceling this is their kind of mealy-mouthed explanation where it's like, mm -hmm. we weren't making the impact we wanted, uh, so we're going to stop. But, like, it was making impact. Like, I I'm on the board of a nonprofit that would get a couple hundred bucks a year from it, but that's a couple hundred bucks. Like, getting $800 is meaningful to a charity that you know needs eight hundred dollars and doesn't have. Sure, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. And so they said they're going to like to you know donate to certain causes or whatever. But again, it doesn't help anybody who's in that situation of getting you know previously getting money from them. You know the move. The move would have been to say we're going to name Mackenzie <laughs> and have her be the new person in charge of how Amazon approaches charity because Mackenzie uh, Scott is that her last name? Mackenzie yeah. knows what you're doing. Yep. Okay. So that's my idea. Uh, we got more questions. Uh, Wayne Dixon wants to know, how many full-sized HomePods <laughs> did everyone buy? I got two, I've already got two that are working fine, so I'm not replacing them anytime soon. Oh, you've got the originals. I have two originals, yeah. I think if I brought another HomePod into this house, my wife would kill me. I <laughs> did own, you say, tell her it follows you home. <laughs> I own a HomePod Mini, but I, I didn't buy any full-size HomePods. Apparently, they sound it. good zero. if you listen the to them in the, zero in the controlled HomePods. environment that Apple offered. <laughs> And they sound even better when you get two. I do not understand why they did the controlled environment thing because this product ships in like a week. And if it's not done, I guess maybe they didn't have like the like the software available or something, but it still seems bizarre to have to control yeah. the experience. Yeah, it's weird. So we bought zero between the three of us. Um, Josh asks... Uh, Josh has many questions today. Josh first asks, <laughs> are you planning a rebound meetup? And if so, when is it in Seattle? Because we all know Moltz doesn't travel. 
I travel. Uh, I just drive everywhere. Well, we have I'm both. Like, <laughs> I believe Lex and I have technically both met up with John in Seattle in the last year. So there, there were meetups. That's right. Yeah, they were just unannounced meetups, mm-hmm. and we didn't all three get. To they, they were deconstructed. Also, Dan, also, Dan, your meetup was in Tacoma, by the way. So okay, sorry. Nice. Not Seattle. Okay, sorry. Uh, I don't know when. When three? Sh- when shall we three next meet? As <laughs> I think the reality of it is. <laughs> With with the audience that we have, which is a meaningful and exciting to us audience, it'd be hard, I think, to get. I really thought you were going to say two people. <laughs> That's no. right. It's meaningful and exciting to people. There are two people. You guys mean a lot to no, us. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm proud of our audience, but I I think it'd be hard to achieve a meaningful critical mass in a place because of how dispersed the audience is. It's I think it, it would be audience. if it were adjacent yeah. to some other gathering, right? Where where people. You know, back in the day, if this was like at Macworld Expo, yeah, we would totally have like a rebound meet, come to a bar and like, you right. know, we'll hang out for a couple hours one evening at Macworld Place Expo. Place bets on who Gruber's guest is going to be, that kind of thing. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I think it's a lot harder now with everything. There's no opportunity or, or excuse to gather, so it would have to be specifically for this. And therefore, I agree, Lex, it's hard to just find a place to get that many people who are willing to be together and and get yeah. together in that time frame. Yeah. So, never. <laughs> John, yes. John said the hard thing that Lex and I are not willing to say. Lex and I are like, maybe, someday, could happen. John says no. Uh, listener Yitz asks, is saying hello to the question bot an official Rebound Prime feature? You don't mention your Rebound Prime plugs. If you're not a Rebound Prime member, you haven't yet joined then the Rebound Prime member Discord, where Dan has a bot that you can submit questions to that we are now answering. And Dan has a way that he tests if the bot is alive, which is a command slash hello. And when you say that to the bot, it responds hi again. And once we learned about that feature, several of us really enjoyed using it. So, yeah, I really uh, should not have written that in the uh, in the, <laughs> in the public channel. Normally, I no. did that in the private channel, but somebody asked me if the bot was working, and I was like, "Oh, I'll just type this command." And then once I realized, now everybody could see that. Uh, yeah, we'll decide. I can, I can, in theory, lock it down to only certain and certain people. No, so, I love that feature. In don't fact, let me, I think... don't make me take it away. Is what I'm saying. I think you should consider adding multiple random responses that it can get. With great power comes great responsibility, people. Lex, if you want to write some responses, I will find a way to shuffle through them randomly. <laughs> Love it. Uh, listener here wants to know, if podcasts had to cater to the YouTube algorithm when making podcasts, what would be the audio equivalent of the weird shocked face title card that all YouTubers make? <laughs> what? Uh, that, that's the one right there. <laughs> Huh? I think I think what you're saying <laughs> Say is what it's, like, it's like a it's like a morning zoo. <laughs> I don't believe it. Actually, I mean ours would clearly be good morning. Uh, ask and answer. Listener Josh asks, "Who is your favorite tech YouTuber?" For me, it's MKBHD. Yeah, I don't think that's how you pronounce that. <laughs> Um, oh, I thought I thought it was Hebrew word. <laughs> <laughs> I I cannot say that I have a favorite tech YouTuber. I don't watch. YouTube. I think he's he's the only one that I uh, yeah that I've ever seen with any regularity. So he, he's my favorite. He, he has he's worn good, and he's really he has good. worn one so, of my shirts a couple times on one yeah, of the, on several his, times. So there you go. I, I he's my yeah, favorite. I think that's that's that. definitely more than enough. I'd say. I, yeah, I, I really do think he's great. Yeah, um, I agree. I I will share my least favorite, but not on this podcast. <laughs> um, you got to okay. become a rebound prime extra. Uh, is that the one Dan doesn't like too? 
Um, it's what the, that person is tied with the person I was thinking of. I, oh, I have okay. no, I okay. have no problem saying if it was that John Prosser, I have no problem. Yeah, saying that's it. what no, I was thinking. I no, that, was like <laughs> that was not one of mine. Um, then uh, let's see. Uh, Zach Knox asks, "How's your new Mac Mini?" Okay, we te- technically covered this at the beginning of the show. It's not yeah, mine, that, yeah. but I, I, you know, it's fast and it's good, and I'll probably be buying one in the near And Dan's future. the only one who has one of any stripe. Now, I will freely admit that I am not. Listen, there are many kind of connected podcasters in the. And I'm thinking about the next question in the <laughs> Apple Podcaster connected universe. Um, I don't listen to all of them. They don't listen to ours sometimes. Like Jason Snell and I are, I think, are good friends, but he's not a regular rebound listener. Um, so this question from Josh says, like, connected has JJJ as their contingency plan. I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay, I do know this, even though I don't listen to connected. Uh, it's John Voorhees, James Thompson, and Jason Snell are like the. The con- I, I, there, there's some ongoing bit where it's like they have the backup podcast, which is a joke that we did way back in like episode yeah. 300 with Guy and James. And I feel yes. like they kind of cribbed our, our joke there. So uh, James being the common denominator between those two, I'll blame him. Got it. And okay. uh, that show is originally hosted, of course, by Federico, Stephen, and, and Mike. But yeah. So they have a JJJ contingency plan. Who would we consider our individual replacements for Rebound? Swearing is a requirement. So I think it's clear in my mind that you replace Dan with um, with James. You replace Maltz with Guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, me, you just don't have, and nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who would I replace? Like, we replaced Lex with <laughs> like Lex at the beginning Fridman. of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if oh, I want to listen. Yeah. English, <laughs> no. Guy, English, James Townsend, and Fridman on a podcast. I don't know how I feel about that. I'd listen. <laughs> I would yeah. not listen. <laughs> it would not. They would not record. Oh, I know who the third is. It would be Casey Liss. That's. Oh, that's... it would. That'd be delightful. <laughs> I would listen to that. We've show. never. Yeah, we never had Casey on. We've. Um, Casey, Casey and I. Show exists. He should have been. He should have been on, on the first ten minutes of this podcast. <laughs> Casey and I debate sometimes if like if if I'm the Casey of this show or he's the Lex of that show. So we have we have that going oh. on. But Casey and I, like, wait, have wait, only wait, been... let's let's back it up. If you are the Casey. Yeah, all right, so if Casey's the Lex on ATP, who's the Molts on ATP? Is that Syracuse? <laughs> no, I think like you have <laughs> no. to be Syracuse, so the Molts has to be Marco. Yeah. Okay. I don't think there's a real that yeah, I'm really not sure there's a real well. um Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think I don't think either of those. <laughs> okay, we're all Casey. Well. It's a different show. It's Oops, a different show. All Casey. <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh yeah, I love Casey Liss. I've only seen Casey Liss in person, I think one time, maybe twice, but he and I are good text friends. Uh and then finally Listener Josh, uh, who has a lot of questions this week. And listen, you've paid for it. You've earned the right. Josh wants to ask Dan, Dan, has the little one gotten to an easier schedule? And how many hours of sleep are you getting at night? Moltz and Lex, aren't you glad this phase of your life is done? I'm glad that phase is over and I only have to deal with teenage stuff. Teenage Smiley stuff emoji. sounds kind of awful at this point, but I also... Um, <laughs> yeah, it's different, but you do get more sleep. So yeah. that's, that's definitely... That I think help. I'd rather... I think I think I'd lean in this in the, uh, this direction as well. I think I'd rather be dealing with the teenager I'm stuff. Not, than... I'm not a... Like, I loved my own babies. I love my friends' babies, but I'm not like... I wouldn't consider myself like a baby crazy person. Yeah. I have... I, my advice to every new parent, I'm sure I said it to Dan, is that it gets easier. And I, you know, people warn you about the teenage years, that's whatever just, else. <laughs> It's well, it's, it's like comforting. I think it's yeah. more of a fortune for a fortune cookie. <laughs> but okay. I I don't know. I I have appreciated my kids um, aging. <laughs> like my kids getting older has been a positive. So yeah, I I don't miss babyhood, but I appreciated babyhood while I was there. Is babyhood yeah. like Robin yeah. Hood's kid or? 
It's a I mean, there, I mean I, you know, there's nice. obviously, you know, there are little things you need to think about reading. <laughs> well, everything with a baby is like little. That. Yeah, I mean, but uh, <laughs> um, except the screaming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, the lungs. I tell <laughs> yeah. you. But like, uh, but seriously, I mean, like sleep deprivation is is the worst. And I mean, I was and I know because I was up with the dog half the night. So <laughs> uh, to answer the question. Uh, yeah, the schedule's gotten better. Uh, the kid actually has a pretty reliable bedtime right now. Uh, which is nice, but we're still doing one overnight feeding, although we are we are poised to try and get rid of that in the near future because of this exact reason, which is nobody likes getting up in the middle of the night. Um, so I can usually string together a pretty solid like four or five hours in the first chunk and then maybe, you know, two to three in the back chunk, which isn't bad, but still getting your sleep interrupted still sucks, right? Like, even yeah. if you can put together seven or eight hours, if it's in, like, a couple chunks, it's not great because you have to go through that entire process of falling asleep again and, you know, you get waking, woken up and your just sleep schedule is all disrupted. So I don't love it. Yesterday's was really bad um, mm. just for, I don't even remember why. Uh, and then I had to, like, work a day well being on childcare duty at the same time and all of that was so... I got... I will tell you, Lex, I, I don't get migraines, but I do get or- migraine auras like mm. once in a blue moon. So infrequently that when I get them, I hardly ever remember when the last time was. And it takes me a while to realize that's what's happening. That's what, yeah. Uh, at least that they're going like, oh, God, why is my vision like sparkly? I can't like focus on things. And I'll be like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I got one last night after like, because I had just been super stressed, didn't sleep enough, didn't drink enough water, all that jazz. And I had to like, lie down for an hour in the living room oh man <laughs> no lights I, uh, on <laughs> so i think i think we've talked about it on the show but yeah i i i am a migraine sufferer and i take this monthly self-administered injection uh, of a concoction of my own making no that's not true it's a shot <laughs> that while <laughs> i was waiting for my hours now by the way Alex did his own research <laughs> while i was waiting for my cobra to kick in i got to pay 800 dollars out of pocket to buy one of those First shots. Of all, don't don't use a cobra to inject, <laughs> inject yourself but so, bad news <laughs> A fun, uh, I feel fun nothing. Overlap that I had with, with my, and this is going to relate to what Dan was talking about. But so, the the most recent time I needed the shot, one, the Cobra system and Amazon hadn't made friends yet, so they just assumed I was uninsured, which I was so I had to pay out of pocket, which sucked. And then there was also a shortage on the medication. Uh, thanks, Biden. But so the, uh, but you couldn't get my shot, when, and you can't get it early, so you can't like stock up. You can get one at a time. And I needed to get the shot, and it was one day late, and then two days late, and then it eventually was five days late. And then I went to get the shot. I got a migraine before I could get the shot, and oh, no. I actually didn't hate it because I was like, God damn it, this shot really works. Because I cannot tell you the, le- I can tell you the last time I had a migraine. It was when I was in between shots. I switched from one brand to another like a year and a half ago, and I had to take one month off, and that month I got a migraine. But uh, since then, zero until I was uh, five days late on the shot. So man, Mgality really works. Migraine sufferers, and I encourage you to check it out. Talk to your doctor about <laughs> Mgality. Use promo code Rebound to see a confused face. <laughs> well, uh, one thing. Oh, actually, never mind that. We'll, we'll go on to something else that's actually relevant, which is ivory, which we are. I think oh, that's all right. we've been using. We've got to tickle the ivory. Yep. Uh, ooh, no, it doesn't like yeah. that. That makes an angry elephant. <laughs> uh, it launched in the App Store. It's got, uh, I think, what is it? Two. It's two ninety nine for a month or. F- one ninety nine for a month. I can't remember. You wrote the six colors piece. Just to be clear, I did. I've already forgotten. Um, (laughs) Uh, It's one ninety nine a month, or fifteen dollars a year, or you can pay a little extra. I think twenty five a year for currently nothing. Currently, extra snacks for ivory. I think is what they said. Yes, but you Uh, know, if you can, I did it. Yeah, I did too. 
I, I mean, I know we're about out of time on the main episode, but there, there has been an interesting internet debate that I mostly stayed out of where, and I saw a lot of this debate happening on Mastodon, unsurprisingly, but both people from Twitterific and, um, or, or what's the company? Icon Factory Tap, and Tap, from TapBots oh, yeah. were talking about, you know, a certain percentage of their customers were requesting refunds once those apps died because of Twitter breaking APIs for third-party apps. And people were saying, don't do that. Like, don't cancel your subscription um, or get a prorated refund because that hurts the developers. I can argue both sides of that. I agree with that mentality. Don't. But I also can't fault people who do if they paid for a 12-month subscription and they can only get nine months of that subscription. Asking for the other four months back, like, I just, I feel like it's unfair to say, hey, people who's, even though it's no fault of the those providers, if they can't provide the service anymore, I can't fault somebody for asking for the refund. So I think that's probably a mildly controversial opinion to drop at the last minute of the episode. But I, <laughs> I was wrestling with it because I can really, I can really see both sides of that argument. I think it's part of it's just the app store and refund policies are yeah. occasionally kind of punching weird. Uh, right. So I understand that. And I think the answer, you know, there's also the argument that you pay for a thing up front so you can afford it, right? Which is not necessarily saying that's correct, but like, you know, that's you actually you a, made a, a deal. Argument. Yeah, I, certainly you made a deal and you if you're not getting your share of that, you're not it's not uncouth of you to say I would like my money back for the stuff I didn't get, but I feel like at the same time it's like, hey, <laughs> you know, it's this is not their fault. Uh, it, and so maybe don't do it because I think you're right every, that it's not uncouth, but it's also yeah. not awesome. But that's a great point because yeah. it only yeah. can apply to people who really paid for 12 months in advance. And obviously, you could afford it then. And I, I get that. Like, yeah, it's, and I it's also you. I hear it's you. not yes. that yeah. much money on an individual. That's the thing. Well, yeah, and I think it's I think it's you know when you look at their pricing now, I think their pricing makes a little bit more sense. And um, I'm glad to see that they bumped it up a little bit because I think they should. I don't think they were probably, you know, you know, cause we've talked before many you know, millions of people have talked about the fact that the app store creates nice. a race to the bottom and it's, it's not fair for the developers because they're, they're doing a lot of hard work and they're not getting that much for it. So much like this, particularly show. when Apple takes 30%, Apple does not take 30% of this show, but you know, just, <laughs> Please don't, yes. please don't ask for a refund. <laughs> Welcome to America's favorite game show. Dan tries to find the button. <laughs> button, button, who's got the button? <laughs> <laughs>